Hey everyone, we're back this week with our new health series called Hormone Happy Hour that I do with Kea Perowit, my dear co-host on the series and co-founder in our business, Bia Wellness. And every Wednesday, Hormone Happy Hour will feature an in-depth interview with a leading women's health expert. Each expert will teach you step-by-step how to eat, think, and move in a way that is designed to help you feel great and create an abundance of energy in your life so you can build your own empire. Empire. Now let's jump into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Yasmin, how are you feeling today? <laughs> I feel like I've been uh, I've been traveling quite a bit. I've had three best friends get married over the course of the last gosh three months. I am. I just got back from Mexico and I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Luckily, I was feeling great during the wedding, but. I just got back Sunday night and was feeling a little bit of a stomach issue. So I have no appetite. Just it doesn't feel right. And um, I actually had some chills yesterday, which was super interesting. I've never really Mm. felt that way. But today I feel good. Just the stomach is a little off. So it's always fun. It's so funny. I was telling my husband, Drew, earlier, I was like, I used to travel everywhere and I never used to get sick. I could eat everything. I went to India. I was eating all this stuff. Like I was at one in our friend group that never would have issues. And I feel like we've had two big trips this past month and I have gotten sick on both times. And I know I've been talking about it on this podcast, but it's like very uh, humbling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the family of highly sensitive stomachs. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that me and Drew, Drew is Yasmin's husband and my brother, and Particularly both of us, and probably our sis- older sister too, and my, definitely my mom. We have we have very sensitive stomachs. Yeah. We've always had very sensitive stomachs. We just feel very in tune with like what works for us, what doesn't. Something can throw us off very easily. So maybe when you married into the family, you yeah. inherited. <laughs> I swear it's true, and I wonder if it's like just a function of eating better, eating clean, and just anything that kind of shifts our day to day routine. Like I'm less resilient when it comes to that. Mm. It's just, it's interesting. But yes, I'm very much now part of the family because I know you guys are, or at least Drew is very sensitive to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's never fun to come back from a trip feeling like, especially when it's stomach issues. And we were talking about this earlier. There's some pretty good hacks out there for people who are curious that is not like taking Pepto, nothing wrong with Pepto-Bismol, but if you're looking for other ways to treat your stomach issues, there's some good ones out there that I learned about in school. For nausea, we always recommend peppermint tea, ginger tea, chamomile. Mm. And then I remember when I was pregnant and when you're pregnant and you have a lot of nausea, they recommend vitamin B6. So those things are really good, particularly for nausea. And then I saw a hack yesterday, which I cannot confirm if it is actually something that works, but it was kind of floating all over the internet with the stomach flu. Somebody was saying, take a spoonful of the juice, the liquid from canned fruit, like canned peaches every hour. And they swear their nausea and they're throwing up went away, which is kind of crazy. And it's just anecdotal. Who knows if that's actually accurate, but I'm very curious. And then for diarrhea, the two things that I learned about that are supposed to be miracle workers, if anybody ever needs these tips, (laughs) is black tea and green tea, really good for diarrhea. And also um, Saccharomyces Bilardi, which is a probiotic, which is really good for so many things and especially 
deadly diarrhea. And you can get that, I think, at most like Whole Foods, natural food stores. Amazon, I think, even carries it. But those are just some tips if you have any stomach woes. I think Yasmin's going to try the Saccharomyces, the black tea. (laughs) (laughs) And she will report back, hopefully, if they work. And if anybody tries that other stuff, let us know. Email us, follow us, be a wellness, DM us. I'd be curious to see how it works. Yes, me the too. Peach one. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm so <laughs> curious. Which brings us to the today's episode, which we do talk a lot about gut health, actually. And we talk about a lot of things. But when you have chronic gut issues, I'm sure, Yasmin, like just having a little bit of what's going on today, you're like, holy crap, if somebody has chronic gut issues, it's debilitating. Yeah. Like, you can't even focus. You're just, I don't know, you can't work. You can't do much. Yeah. Um, it can really be tough. And so we talk a lot about gut health today. We also talk about cancer hacks with Alyssa Goodman, who is our guest, who was diagnosed with cancer in her early 30s and took a very unconventional approach to treating her cancer. And she talks all about, you know, the root cause of illness, which includes treating our guts and stress. We talk about both of those. So if you are somebody who cancer runs in your family, you have a lot of gut issues, if you have sugar addiction or any sort of chronic illness, this is going to be a super interesting interesting episode. Yes. Alyssa was diagnosed with cancer in her early 30s and took the alternative route to heal herself. After having two girls, she was then diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, which she was able to put into remission as well. Her husband was then diagnosed with cancer at 43 and lost his battle a year and a half later. It was then that Alyssa decided it was time for her to take her health more seriously and became an integrative holistic nutritionist. Fast forward several years, she has helped thousands of her clients manage their health issues. Alyssa has created several successful cleanses with Cafe Gratitude and M Cafe, including her own delivered EG Kitchen Cleanse in Los Angeles and her digital seven-day reset cleanse. Her super seed bars from the cleanse are sold online nationwide. Alyssa also published a best-selling book called Cancer Hacks, and she is currently working on her second book about how to physically, emotionally, and spiritually cleanse to live a vibrant and thriving life, which we talk all about in today's episode. So let's get into it. So Alyssa, I know you've had quite the health journey, right? At the age of 32, you were diagnosed with cancer, which I'm sure was a huge shock. I know at that time you were going up the corporate ladder, living this, you know, quote unquote, successful life. Can you talk about maybe some of the biggest differences you have in your daily routine now versus before your diagnosis? Oh my God, that's such a loaded question. Um <laughs> Because before my diagnosis and even during my diagnosis, it was 30 years ago. So I didn't know what I know now, um, which is it's pretty incredible to know what I know now. But then it was, you know, just a, like it's a ton of sugars, ton of stress, not sleeping, processed food. In those days, it was what was very popular were the snack wells and, the, you know, the low fat, the low sugar things that I just remember weight was always an issue for me. So I was always eating those crappy ass cookies or ice cream or just yogurts or whatever. I mean, it was so bad for you. It was unbelievable. But nowadays, um, you know, being a nutritionist for 10 years, I am a huge juicer and I juice every day. I also eat very plant-based 80% of my diet, but I do have really clean animal protein in my diet. So I feel as my as I age at 63, I've got to build muscle and repair, repair tissue and all that. So 
animal protein and like those amino acids are crucial. So I try to get enough protein, but the vegetables and the fruits and, you know, the foods that are grown from the earth are where it's at. Like that is where the nutrients are, you know, vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and phytonutrients and, you know, just, and I love all the legumes and beans because of the fiber. And so my diet is really varied. I do rotate my vegetables like crazy, which most people don't. As you know, with the soup cleanse that I cook and deliver every week, there are 50 different vegetables on that cleanse in the week. So how many people can say that they have a variety of 50 different vegetables? Um, and also people are getting over 10 cups, maybe 20 cups of vegetables a day, which is also kind of wild. So that's really how, and I'm a huge hydrator, you know, so that's really how my diet has like done a whole, I, you know, 360 completely. I want to talk about juicing for a second because I think a lot of people want to do it, but they think it's time consuming and they don't know how to get started. So are you juicing at home or are you getting juices out and what's your go-to juice recipe? So I do juice at home and I have an incredible juicer called Nama. N-A-M-A. -A. And I love Nama because it's a cold press juicer. It doesn't have a, have a heat source. So when these vegetables hit heat sources, they lose a lot of their nutrients. So the Nama is fantastic for that. A little bit pricey because it's $500. So a lot of people can't afford that. Um, you can throw these vegetables into a um, blender too. So sometimes you just got to like actually de-skin the lemon or juice the lemon, you know, to get in there. Um, I do cucumber, celery, lemon, ginger, and then I throw in parsley and cilantro. Um, I just did a blood test that I was very high in heavy metals. So then I've been doing parsley and cilantro because they're huge for heavy metal detoxing. Um, I'll throw in some dandelion greens. I mean, I will rotate, but my base is celery, cucumber, lemon, ginger. And people can go to Whole Foods. They can go, you know, especially LA is huge, Creation, Erewhon, like... There's so many fabulous juice places here in LA. Um, there are not as many outside of LA, but um, you can, like I said, everybody seems to have a blender and they can chop up these vegetables, even romaine and pour some water in there, some cucumber, chop up their celery, put some lemon juice in there, you know, maybe even just put a little inch or two of ginger, like, but mm. de-skin it and blend it. And they could, that, and also they get the fiber, so that's like, that's the best of both worlds. And you don't need all that fruit, right? That base that you said is celery, cucumber, lemon, ginger. I think right. people should try that at home. You'd be surprised. Like you don't need tons of like mango and pineapple and this and that. Like just that alone can be good. Yeah. The one thing I always say all the time, like a broken record is you go to a juice place and you get a green juice and you look on the side of the bottle and it has apple in it. And you're like, apple's good for you, right? Yeah. An apple day keeps the doctor away. 18 grams of added sugar in a yeah. green juice with apple. You're only supposed to have 25 added grams of sugar per day. None of us like wow. actually, we all have more than that. So, but one green juice with an apple, which you think is healthy is three quarters of the way there. So, and also it goes right into your bloodstream and right into your cells, the sugar. So if you're eating an apple, it's a whole different story. You know, it's intact and has the fiber and it's slow to go into the bloodstream. And sugar is really acidic for your cells too. That's why they're yeah. so, that's why they're very cancer causing. They can, right. if you Which have cancer. What I was going to ask you about is just the sugar intake pre-diagnosis versus post-diagnosis. And 
I have, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. My aunt died with, of breast cancer. Her father has cancer in her family. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, cancer in the family, unfortunately, and a lot of just preventative measures. Juicing is a huge part of it. Sugar reduction. My mom is amazingly done so much uh, to turn around her health. She's healthier than ever before. Mm. She's really used the power of functional medicine, but minding her sugar intake has been a huge part of everything post-diagnosis and post-radiation. So can you talk about sugar and cancer? What's going on there? Oh, I mean, you know, sugar in the old days was a good thing because it gave us energy, you know, the glucose going into our cells and like giving us a burst of energy to do the tasks we need to do. You know, we do need glucose, you know, to function. Um, you don't want low blood sugar, but just everything has sugar in it these days because people's palate have changed. So people want sweet. They just, they can't even have anything without it tasting a little bit sweet. So mm-hmm. that that's really the problem. And everything's everything's been added. Like, even things that take away the, some of the good stuff, the gluten-free stuff, you add more sugar for it to taste better. You know, it's just non-fat. You add more sugar to like just have you not have feel that written, you know, miss that richness of the fat. So it's just sugar is just out of control, like in terms of that's the problem. Sugar isn't bad for you. At, you know, the pure sugar, the little bit of sugar, we need that, but we just we just overdo it. And it just, it dehydrates us as well as it makes our cells acidic too. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, you hear people all the time. My mom is a culprit in this. She's like, I just have a sweet tooth. I'm sure you deal with a lot of clients who say that. So if someone's listening today, they're like, you know what, Alyssa, I have a sweet tooth. I love it. Like, how do you kind of transition them over to maybe a less sugar of a diet? Right. That's a great question. Because yes, it's like, I can't give up my sweet tooth or I can't get, you know, like, that's just me. That's who I am. But, and I understand that, but it was funny. I had a sweet tooth like years and years up until I started juicing regularly and getting nutrients into my cells, like at a cellular level and getting and eating the right foods, enough fiber, you know, Mm -hmm. enough protein. I really stopped. The sugar cravings went away completely. I don't even have a single sugar craving today. And I was the biggest sugar fanatic, like couldn't go a day without having sugar. So you can get rid of them. Um, you do have to lessen the amount of sugar that you are eating and pay attention to the packaging and see what the added sugar is on the packaging. Um, you know, when I have a sugar craving now I have berries or I have fruit and it, it's, you know, it's definitely subside. It like helps that sugar craving. So, um, but also there is there's a disruption in your microbiome that I have found with clients. Like they have too much bad bacteria or fungus mm-hmm. or pathogens in there, not enough good bacteria. So when we do have more bad, then we crave more sweet. Oh. We crave more carbs, simple carbs. So we crave the bad stuff. So if you rebuild your microbiome as well, I have found lower the pathogen loads, the fungal, the viruses, the bacteria, like the candidas of the world, you won't have as much of a sugar craving and that you can do that easily with supplements. Yeah. I'm actually curious what supplements that you recommend. <laughs> Not that anybody should be supplementing out there without ta- working with somebody, right. but yeah. when it comes to gut healing, we have so many people who they're dealing with SIBO, they're dealing with candida, they're dealing with just gut dysbiosis in general. So what are some of your supplements that you use when you're working with somebody who has 
a problematic gut? Oh my God. This is also a loaded question because this, I could talk to you about this for hours, but, um, I do a SIBO protocol and I also have a gut cleanse now. And we actually give the gut cleansers some supplements for, you know, to lower bacteria in their gut. Activated charcoal just for five days honestly can do such a beautiful number on lowering bacteria as well as resetting insulin levels. So that that's another issue that we're dealing with too, with people eating too much sugar. So activated charcoal for only five days. A Gaia makes a great oregano oil capsule. It's antiviral, antifungal, and actually antiparasitic. So it's kind of all encompassing in terms of lowering all kinds of pathogens in the gut. Two weeks on that. That's it. I love that one. Um, I would say that there's a supplement I've been using now called cholesterol. You guys have probably, the bovine cholesterol, um, that has been incredible. It has some prebiotics in there. It has nutrients in there. It has stuff that lowers inflammation. Also, it just helps with like immunoglobulins, you know, just to really reset the gut. Um, that's been huge for, I think, a lot of my clients with sugar cravings. And I'm using Amra. A-R-M-R-A, but there's a lot of good brands out there. Um, and the activated charcoal is Mary Roos, which I love. So yeah. I'm loving those kind of things. I love, you know, actually Tulsi tea is one of my favorite. Mm. It's an adaptogen, holy basil. It lowers inflammation in the gut. So that's another great thing to just, you know, reset your gut um, along with some of those supplements. Amazing. I just heard of that brand of colostrum. I was just introduced to them. So it's nice to hear somebody using them and recommending them because I was just getting familiar with the brand. Yeah. Um, a lot of what you talked about, I think there's also a component of when we are stressed or angry or sitting in more negative emotions, we can crave more sugar. So it's kind of almost like a vicious cycle, right? Our energy can yeah. play into it as well. What is energy healing mean to you? And how is it a part of your journey? It's a huge part of my journey. I would say in the last 15 years, my husband passed away, it'll be 18 years this year, but oh. 15 years ago, I started getting into energy healing and it really did allow me to kind of go below into the subconscious more so mm -hmm. and see what kind of stories and messages I was telling myself that were true or not true you know, to, and some of them were not true and they were negative ones. They were fear based ones. They were ones that I was always going to have a health issue because I had been sick so much. Like mm -hmm. I didn't just have cancer, but after the cancer, so many health issues and before the cancer, so many health issues. So I was like, I'm always going to be sick. And then I had two girls and I had my, I was worried about my kids getting sick and it was living from a fear based mode and in fight or flight. Um, and I realized once I like started, you know, working with energy healing and really getting to the base of that fear and releasing that fear. And also really, re I never thought that I was going to be calm or peaceful or, mm -hmm. you know, I always was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Or, you know, I was always driving myself kind of into the ground work-wise, lifestyle-wise, you know, mm -hmm. everything. I was also orthorexia. So when I got into the health world, it was also, I was overdoing everything. I was overdoing the health food. I was overdoing just, and I didn't know how to be mellow or calm, which is embarrassing to say. But no, the energy, I can relate to all of that so right. much, yeah. The energy healing helped me mellow out hugely and just realize 
that I got the feeling in my meditations, in my healings, that the universe has my back, that I'm going to be okay. Yeah, shit's going to happen to me. Like mm -hmm. I am going to have health issues pop up or the girls are, or my friends and family are, and my clients are, but I, you know, everything is going to be okay at the end of the day. And also the same with my fear-based mode of living. Like I'm always going to get, you know, always going to be sick. I realized that that was just something that had been implanted because of the fear of the past illnesses. So I realized it wasn't true and I was able to really, you know, wrap my arms around it and be like, you're going to be okay. You can calm down now and just, you know, be able to really live a calm, peaceful, happier life. Um, and I think that's what all of that does for us. You know, it's getting in touch with, um, how we're functioning in the world in terms of like, I would say more fight or flight or in that yeah. parasympathetic nervous system or sympathetic, you know, um, you want to be more rest and digest mode. Uh, you want to be more parasympathetic, you know, and I didn't even know what that felt like. Mm -hmm. You're not going to heal from any of these health issues or really, I think, get ahead of the health issues if you don't get into that mode. It sounds like you're saying you can only find that in, in stillness. Is that right? I would, yes. Yeah. You really, you've got to tap into the stillness and into your intuition and your instincts and really see, you know, what is like true or not true or what is serving you or not serving you. Um, with, with all of it. Like even I do that with my supplements. I do that with my food. Mm -hmm. Um, I do that with people I hang out with these days. I think it's really important to take, you know, we have to take care of ourselves and we have to come first, but all of us are like, we have family and a loved one that comes first, right? Or even parents that might come first or a job that comes first. But when we live like that, it's hard to tap into what really works for us. Gosh, this resonates so much with me. And I, I think I'm still trying to learn how to tap into my body and intuition a bit more. I've come a long way, but it's something I think about quite a bit because, you know, as you know, similar to your old life, I was living in fight or flight all the time with my job where my nervous system is still holding all that. And I definitely feel it. But I'm curious. I'm so fascinated with energy healing. What did that look like for you? Was it Reiki? Like what practices were you doing within that? And how long did it take for you to really feel that calmness and more centeredness when you were going through that process? Well, I would say that I did a little bit of all the energy healing. I mean, I, I worked with energy healers who just, you know, were, were able to like just lay out my energy, like talk to me about it, release it themselves, which was kind of wild. Like it's very woo-woo. It's crazy. Yeah, it works though. Yeah. Right. And then I did Reiki. I was Reiki trained. Um, I did a little bit of everything. Um, I also have done plant medicine, which was, I think, very energy like resolving for myself as well, you know, going into the subconscious with plant medicine and releasing a lot of those fears and thought patterns and things. So I feel like I've kind of done the gamut. And I would say like it took about two or three years, honestly, to get to a mm -hmm. place where I felt calmer. I mean, I'm still working on it as you can imagine. <laughs> and I will be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes a while because sometimes it takes a bit of trust and faith. And for me, that took, I took a while, which 
is hard, you know, because some people can probably get there quicker, but I definitely wasn't so trusting and didn't have so much faith um, mm -hmm. in the universe or in the people that I was working with. And even though they were fantastic people, I wasn't sure if they really, I was, I was distrusting. And now I'm overly trusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind of time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle, and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com and check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening and now let's get back to today's episode. You were on the podcast with Yasmin behind her empire before and you shared your story, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this who haven't really heard your story before, or maybe they're just getting familiar. You know, you, you mentioned before that your husband took more of a traditional approach with his cancer treatment, and then you took a more unconventional approach with yours. How did you come to the place of understanding your intuition in that moment and knowing what was right for your body? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening to this who can relate and everybody's yeah. body is so unique and so different and whatever they need is so specific for them. But how did you come to what you decided you were going to do for yourself in that moment? Well, it was fascinating because um, I, was a, I was lucky when I was growing up, my mom had asthma, not that she was lucky with that, but she went to a health ranch called um, Rancho La Puerta in Tecate, Mexico. And it, I think it had been there since the sixties. So it was way ahead of its time. They grew their own food. It was plant-based. Um, you went off the grid. You didn't, there was one phone on the ranch. You had, you hiked every day. You did yoga, meditation, massages. I mean, sixties and seventies and eighties even, that was kind of wild. So I went as a teenager with her and her like 20 friends once a year. And I think I might've talked about this on your podcast, but I don't know if I did, but you know, in seven days, you're there from Saturday to Saturday. I watched these women who were like, you know, 20 years older than I was completely transform. Wow. I mean, they came in heavy, depressed, not sleeping, hormonal issues. Mm -hmm. um, and by the end of the week, they were happy dancing on tables, just like, really different people losing weight naturally in the seven days, you know, not having to work at it so hard. Um, it was really wild. So I think that I was like 15 to 17 when she took me. And I think it just was able to sink in like, wow, food can make a difference. Lifestyle can make a difference. Not that I wanted to be there. There was no part of me that wanted to be at this ranch with these old ladies. <laughs> and also with one phone, I just wanted to be home with my friends and eating sugar, you know, and crappy <laughs> food. So, but I, that was, I was, that laid a base for me. Like I saw that this was, could be trans, 
transformational. And when I got cancer, I wasn't eating like that. I wasn't living my life like that. And one of the three doctors that I went to see when I got the diagnosis sat me down and he said, you know, do you love what you do? Do you love your job? Do you love your husband? Do you love your life? And we had just moved from New York to LA and I didn't love LA. It was an easy, it was not an easy place to infiltrate because New York was, I had been there for 10 years and all our friends were there. And it was just like, it was, it was really hard. I was working for Vogue magazine, which was not a fun place to work. It was so stressful. So I was like, I hate my job. I'm not loving LA. You know, I don't know where I stand. And I don't even, he goes, you know, basically said, do you love yourself? And I, I don't even know what that means. Like that's, that's an ego thing. Like my mom always said, you know, you're egocentric if you love yourself. And he goes, no, it's about truly loving your being and who you are and like being able to really like exhale into that. And I was like, holy crap, I don't even know what that feels like or what that means. And that in itself, he goes, we could reset your nervous system and also just get you into a place of loving yourself and really honoring who you are. We could get you through this. And that wow. was huge. That was 30 wow. years ago that a doctor said that. Wow. That, that is incredible. I know. For a doctor to, I mean, that would just mean so much to so many people who probably never even been asked that before. No, doctors today still don't ask that. That's yeah. what drives me crazy. Right? Yeah. Even when you have a simple illness, not cancer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was a radiologist oncologist at at St. John's. Wow. And he was a regular doctor. He was Asian, so maybe he came from that culture. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was it was such a beautiful thing. I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. And so I went into self-help therapy. I went into talk therapy. I read every self-help book. I went into yoga. You know, I started meditating. I started eating plant-based. Like I kind of tried to recapture all the things that I'd learned over, you know, my lifetime. Um, and, you know, I, I my, went into my gut instincts. I knew chemo was not good for me because I had a low white blood cell count always dealing with that issue. And okay. so I, my immune system was always a little bit compromised. So I always had to watch it. And mm -hmm. I, I just was terrified of chemo because of that. And I did radiation, which I wish I hadn't done radiation either, but I did to appease my family, you know, and to appease the ones oh. around me because they were all just a wreck that I wasn't doing the full chemo and radiation. Wow. Yeah. So with the radiation, I got hypothyroidism because they radiated my thyroid. Oh. oh, interesting. So, and I still, my, my thyroid shrunk when they radiated it. So it never came back to full size. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, that is it. And you had stage one, was it stage one? Yeah, it yes, was an sir? early stage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And his was stage two. And his was stage so, two. Yeah, his was got stage it. two. And his dad had passed away from cancer. So... I think, you know, he had this fear factor in him yeah. that he was two years old when his dad died. So I think mm -hmm. that was just like set in him that cancer could kill you. And I think that fear, he went into like fear-based mode, like crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wasn't in his body, so I can't say for sure, you know, but it just felt so much more fear-based than where I was coming from. So yeah. I was 
lucky in that way. You know, I'm curious when this doctor started asking you questions about, you know, are you happy with your life? Are you happy with your job? And it definitely seemed like it opened a can of worms for you to just start looking at your life completely different. You know, how did you approach this great job that you had at Vogue? Did you immediately quit? Because even if you know, like, even if you start eating well, doing yoga, working on yourself, that job can still hold you back when you're so stressed. So I'm just curious, how did you think about your career at that point in your life when you were going through so much? Yes. Well, I had a leave of absence and um, did not want to go back to that job at all. Knew instinctually that it was not the right place for me. Um, I went, I did go back, you know, not listening to my instincts for about three months. And I ended up like that first month getting shingles because again, I I probably wasn't ready. And because my immune system was compromised, it was awful. So that, and I quit. Yeah. After that, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. And then I did, I was in the advertising business and then I found a job that was perfect for me, you know, Mm. slower. um, Just, I operated the office on the West coast and I don't know, it was just a really beautiful group of people who were warm and loving and, and yeah, that was, that was what was beautiful. So I, I'm, you know, as a lot of times when we get these things and they happen to us and we, we look back and we're like, Oh, thank God that happened. I mean, it was scary at the time, but like looking back, it really did change the trajectory of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a good question that the doctor asked you for anyone who doesn't even have a diagnosis or maybe just not feeling like themselves or feeling off of like, do you love your life? Like, do you love yourself? Do you love your family? Do you love your friends and what you do? Because life is so short and Mm -hmm. any minute that we spent not like loving it is just it's a wake up call in a way. So I think that's such a gift that this doctor gave you and shout out to them wherever they are. <laughs> I know because we were like, I, what, I don't know you guys brought up like that to love yourself. I mean, we weren't brought up in my generation like that. That was, like I said, egocentric and it was, you know, it was all about you. It wasn't all about you. It was all about everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. to our parent, my parents were all about like giving, giving, giving. And it was, that was transferred to us. So when I talk to my clients now, I always ask them that question. The ones that are going through cancer or autoimmune stuff or heavy duty digestive issues, you know, hmm. what's going on with you? How are you taking care of you? Every single one of them says the same thing. I don't love myself. I don't know what that's like. I take care of everybody else. I love everybody else. And you're like, oh, like you're the most important one here. How are you able to take care of everybody else when you're not being taken care of? And we do know that from getting on an airplane all the time and having them tell us about the oxygen mask, but we get off the airplane and we do the exact opposite. Absolutely. And thank God these days in the last years for podcasts and meditation, right? And all these beautiful things out there that are telling us that we need to go back. We need to go to that place. That is like, that is crucial for healing. Mm -hmm. For sure. And recovering. Like I just think of like, I'm a new mom and how when I don't take care of myself, yeah, I kind of like show up so half-assed for my daughter, right? It's just like I'm going through the motions. I'm not like present with her. And then when I really take care of myself, I'm just the best version that I can be for her. So it's like right. – it's sad. It makes me sad to think of like, I don't want to show up as a half-assed version for like my kid. That's the worst thing in the world. So it just, it reminds me a lot of that for sure. Yeah. I knew that I didn't want to pass that down to my girls 
Mm. You know, it's hard growing up yeah. these days and you let you grow up in LA and you grow up with the pressure and just, there's a lot of pressure all over the world these days, but you know, I did, I needed them to love themselves and to mm. really value who they are. And, and I did it. So I needed to work on that so that I could show them what that looked like and, and in not in a beautiful way, in a loving way, you know, so they could pass that down to their kids. That was, that was definitely mm. something that I am very adamant about these days of not passing down the traits yeah. that weren't working for me, that I know weren't good. And that did give me health issues along the way to them. Like if, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to take what they're going to take. And, um, but I just, I'm working my tail off to realize that I want to give them all the good stuff. And I also do want to love them and have them feel that they are the greatest thing on earth to, you know, for the most part, not, not of course in that ego way, but just that they are so important in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, worthy and just yeah. being themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the cornerstone of a lot of health issues, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You guys, I mean, like, you know, that is like that stress and that fight or flight mode and that unworthiness, the thinking of that. Those are negative thought patterns. They turn, they turn, you could turn on and off your immune system yeah. by positive or negative thought patterns. Absolutely. So. Especially women, right? We always talk about on this podcast, women have more autoimmune diseases. Why is that? Like, sure, there's all the hormonal components and every all the intricate things that go on in our body versus men. Yeah. But there's also this other, like, women feel so much more unworthy than men do. I'm just going to say, I <laughs> like, I know it. I see it in my friends. I see it, like, in my family members who are women. I see it in myself. Like, we're just the way that we grew up is just that we feel like, okay, I have to people please, or I have mm. to do everything for everyone else, or I'm not good enough. And it's like, no wonder women are struggling with more illness than men. Yeah. And we take it to heart. We take it yeah. like, you know, in our gut and in our heart. And, you know, we, we have to restore ourselves through our adrenals mostly. Mm. And Men don't have to restore within their adrenals. That's another thing too. Like I was sleep as well. I think yeah. women need eight to 10 hours of sleep. Men can get away with six or seven because we have to restore our adrenals. Um, that's really crucial for us mostly. And they, they, they just have to restore with most of their drive comes from their testicles. So ours is our adrenals, you know, so that those adrenals get taxed and that throws everything off, as you guys know hormones and thyroid and all of it. So yeah, it is it definitely is we're built differently. Yeah. And I'm curious. I mean, this resonates a lot with me. The days that I don't sleep, I automatically get sick quite fast. So that's kind of like my red flag. Um, but what else can we do to support our adrenal? So you mentioned women need around eight to 10 hours of sleep per night, which is wild. I'm sure a lot of people yeah. listening don't even get that. Like when I get seven, I'm like, yes. And I have no mm -hmm. kids, but what else can we do to support yeah. our adrenal since it's so important? Yeah. I would say, well, the, de the stress, you know, trying yeah. to like just moderate your stress throughout the day is is huge. Also, I absolutely love adaptogens. I mean, I love ashwagandha 
as you guys know, um, holy basil, which is the Tulsi tea. I, mm -hmm. Holy basil is the queen of adaptogens, so I really love holy basil. But ashwagandha is fantastic. Maca is great for, you know, um, one of the ones that I use a lot is licorice root extract. I, if you mm -hmm. like a licorice root tea, um, that's an easy one to kind of add to the regimen to like really restore your adrenals. It's the number one herb to restore your adrenals. But if you have high blood pressure, I always reference that. Don't, it does raise your blood pressure. So you, if you have high blood pressure, don't do any licorice root extracts. The tea you could do, but not the extracts. But I love the extracts because I have very low blood pressure. So that you go two weeks on and two weeks off of this nature's answer licorice root. It is incredible for your adrenals. And then doing wow. some adaptogens and then the sleep and the de-stress and yoga is great too. Yeah. Like, right. So. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give up coffee. That's one of my vices because I love the smell, the taste. Like yeah. I absolutely, um, it's so, you know, I don't, it's not good for the adrenals. So that is definitely um, one thing, but I just, I can't, I love how it wakes up my senses yeah. and my mind. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah. Yeah. And you talk about your cleanses, which I, I want to talk about more. So there's so many different ways to do cleanses. Um, how do you incorporate cleanses? Tell us more about it and why are they so powerful? So my cleanse is really all about just eating real food for five days. You can reset your body in five days. If you take out the added sugar, gluten, dairy, processed food, you know, foods with hormones or fillers or additives, um, and you eat real food because your body knows how to metabolize real food. And also one thing that's really fascinating is that it takes about 14 hours for animal protein and cow dairy to go through your small intestine. And it takes 90 minutes for plant-based food. So this is wild. I learned that from Dr. Zach Bush. Yeah. And I, I have not opposed to animal protein, so I'm not against it. I don't love dairy, cow dairy, because it's so mm -hmm. inflammatory, but I do eat goat and sheep because it's a different casein molecule, easier to digest. But the cleanse is really about getting all of those vegetables, you know, antioxidants, phytonutrients, lower, it's a low inflammatory diet. So it's anti-inflammatory and, um, and it's food that your body can metabolize. So it's five days of like lots of vegetables. Um, there's not a lot of fruit on it, but there's just, it's very vegetable based. It's very food that's very easy to digest. And I know that some people can have an issue because we do legumes and beans and a little bit of gluten-free grains sometimes. So some of those things can be hard on a digestive system. So we do give them enzymes. So we give them a lot of enzymes throughout the day. Like we can give them up to six enzymes to take to help break down, you know, the carbs from these legumes and beans or some of the carby vegetables. Um, and then we give them also a uh, probiotic drink so we can rebuild their microbiome. We give them some apple cider vinegar in, in the probiotic drink. So that helps with their digestive enzymes too. Um, and so we, we also give them MAGO7, which is an oxidative magnesium at night before they go to bed so we can clean out their intestines. So mm -hmm. if, if anything is hanging out in there. So the, I, the idea for me, why I started this was um, because I just see that people don't eat enough vegetables and plants yeah. 
right? It just, so I wanted to see what it felt like for five days just to have them eat like this. Not that they have to eat like this all the time, but I wanted to have them feel what it was like to incorporate a ton of food. It's the salads are huge. The soups are 16 ounces. I mean, it's a lot of food. The bars are big. There's fermented vegetables on there, the probiotic drink. There's lattes at night. So I wanted to give them a lot of food and a lot of plant-based food to see, see them like feel really full and satiated, tons of fiber and have them be like, wow, I can eat all this food and lose weight too. Mm -hmm. And also feel better, like just cognitively sleep better, digestions better. That was the whole idea. And it just like eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, it just took wow. off. I know wow. it's been, and then I started the gut cleanse a year and a half ago because gut issues are crazy yeah. on the rise. I mean, all of us have gut issues one way or the other, right? And so I give them activated charcoal. Now I give them 50 grams of fiber, but I do tell them to be really careful with the fiber. I give them chia pudding in the morning, yeah. no bars because the bars are the one thing that have a little added sugar. So I don't give them any sugar on the gut cleanse, chia pudding, sauerkraut instead of the fermented veggies, and then the Tulsi tea at night. So I, we just do a little bit of a different rotation with the gut cleanse. And um, that has been fantastic too. We give them enzymes. So we just really try to support, you know, their digestive system. Um, that has been really fun. A year and a half later of just doing both of these cleanses. And um, the gut cleansers are amazingly going to the bathroom up to three times a day. So you're, wow. you're real, to detox and cleanse your body, you have to go to the bathroom after every meal. You should. That's, the problem is we have food in our intestines hanging out for years. Like it's crazy how people don't realize that. Like they do autopsies of people who pass away in car accidents and there could be up to 50 pounds of food in their intestines. No way. Colon. Because we don't, we just think, oh, food goes in and out once a day. You know, we go once a day, we get up and have our coffee, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work like that because we're not, we're stressed. So our digestive system shuts down. We're not hydrated. We don't have enough fiber. You know, we might be eating too much animal protein or dairy or like processed food or crappy food, mm -hmm. our sugar, and we're just, it's just our digestive system and our colon just aren't working as well or our intestines. I mean, the intestines are a length of like a football field. They're, there's a lot to go. There's a lot of, you know, room for the food to go through to get out, but it's really wild. So I love giving these guys, a, you know, a break from digesting things that take a long time as well as cleaning them out. That's the goal is to clean everybody out, whether it's a regular cleanser or a gut cleanser. Cause they, cause I want them to go two and three times a day. Once a day is considered constipated these days, which is crazy. Wow. I know, I know. And in the old days you would go after every meal. Like a dog. Wow. Yeah, it's like, like babies. <laughs> like babies. <laughs> yeah, like babies. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, but we've just screwed up our guts and and we really don't know how to do it. And it isn't that hard, you know, if we're hydrated and we're trying to eat and be not stressed and we're eating enough fiber, we probably could do it with those three yeah. things. So I love that you're focused on getting people more vegetables. Cause the thing both Yasmin and I have realized, like we are not yeah. eating enough plants. Really? On, yes. I think even as much as we are conscious, like we still are not getting the amount of variety. I think that, well, I don't want to speak for you. No, it's the same. I mean, and you're doing a way better job than me. Um, but I think That's it's like, true. have you guys been 
following the guy. I don't remember his name, but he's the bajillionaire who's after longevity. And Wait. he eats so many pl- – like they showed his grocery list or something. I was talking about it with my brother. He eats so many plants because this is the thing. Like This is the thing that he feels is unlocking. He wants to age in reverse. It's right. a wild story. I highly right. recommend it's looking not, it up. Is, is he a doctor, Peter Atia, or no? no, it's, no. He's is the founder Tech- of Braintree, I think. I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. I his name. He's yeah. The he's the founder of Braintree. Okay. I yeah. know exactly. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yes, and it is so. He's eating so many many plants. vegetables. Yeah, plants. So many vegetables. I know um, because that. I mean, your body knows how to digest those, and you know that's where all the nutrients are. I mean. It is, it, it doesn't have, it's not supposed to be hard, all of this, you know, to get your health to a really thriving place and to get your digestion working. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just going back to the basics of eating real food, but yeah, we, yes. we have come so far the other direction, right? Yeah, especially as you were mentioning, I think, do you, you have celiac, is that correct? I or did. I, I put you it into remission. Celiac. I had a Hashimoto's celiac. Yes. Yes, okay, I wow, did put amazing. an intermission. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, I remember when the gluten-free craze was popping up a few, maybe like eight years ago. And all of a sudden, it felt like people were eating even more processed foods yeah. than before. So and a that, lot of the- You guys, gluten- that's still happening. You yes. know, because all of those plant-based milks and cheeses that aren't clean, mm-hmm. you know, have a lot of fillers and additives or the meats, as you already know, Impossible or, you know, burgers. I mean, they have a lot of crap in them. So, you know, you go back to basics and eat a regular burger if you're not vegan, you know, that you basically, you're getting- more nutrients, you're not getting all the fillers. And then you go back to maybe having some feta or goat cheese instead of the plant-based, if you're okay with a little dairy and you can digest it, it's so much better for you. Again, going back to the real stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's better to just stick to the outer aisles of the grocery (laughs) store (laughs) versus like the inner ones. Um, Right. It's true. Yeah. I know. It really is wild when I get people's, when they tell me what they eat for the day and I'm like, Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a little lettuce and a salad and some cucumbers and tomatoes is their vegetable and maybe some broccoli for dinner. That's the that's the basics of what I get. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, I'm I'm so excited about your cleanse. I want to try it myself. I love that you're getting people more vegetables. I want to ask you a question that we we started asking last week. It's a little more of a fun question. It's a little <laughs> sensational, but we love it. Um, it's a TikTok trend, and the question is. What are three things, it could be more, it could be less, that you are like, absolutely not, I'm not putting this in my body. I'm not, I, I would never do that. Okay. It would be, um, oh God, that's a hard one. It, <laughs> it would definitely be probably um, uh, like the uh, sweeteners, you know, the fake sweeteners, definitely yeah. no, no fake sweetener at all. Um, I think those things are really disgusting. I would have to say I really hate the fake meats too. I hate, I mean, I don't eat any of that, um, any of those. Um, and what would be another thing I don't, I, I would I'd definitely have to say ice cream. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ice you, cream. I know because of the dairy and just sure. the sugar and 
um, that would totally probably throw me over the edge. Oh my gosh. So. I think that would be a very hard one for a lot of people. So when it comes to the sweetener, are we also talking like we're talking sugar alcohols. Are we talking stevia? Are we talking monk fruit? No, I do use monk fruit. I do use stevia. I'm talking more the, you know, the aspartame and the, um, you know, just, um, what are those, the fake sweeteners that sucralose. sucralose. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More of those, I think are just the splendas of the world, Truvias, you know, that kind of stuff or diet sodas. Yeah. yeah. I can taste the that mm-hmm. fake sugar. Fakeness. What I love what you mentioned going back a little bit about your cleanse and how you're saying you just wanted people to feel like five days of what it's like to eat real food. And it sounds so simple, but it's like mind blowing. Even with Bia, we have women who do it for a month consistently. And you know, they're just getting a lot more fiber, a lot more nutrients because we don't get that in our daily diet. And they're like, I feel amazing. So I'm curious, like looking at your typical day, right? We're not doing cleanses all the time. So what is a typical day in Alyssa's life of what you're eating and how are you setting up your meals? Okay. Good question. So I definitely juice in the morning, coffee, water first thing. Like actually this is really wild because, you know, I always talk about this on all the podcasts, 16 ounces of water before your coffee is like life-changing or before you eat or matcha or all that. Then I definitely do black coffee and it's always organic because coffee is really toxic. Um, I would say I, then I juice, I'm definitely an intermittent faster. I probably shouldn't be, but I do love the lightness that I feel like in the creativity that I feel without digesting food in the morning or till noon. So noon is like, um, I obviously am, a, I'm obsessed with my salads, but I'm also obsessed with, um, air one makes a dandelion salad that has chickpeas and quinoa in it. Um, I love bitter greens like arugula and radicchio and I don't love kale, but, um, and dandelion greens cause they are incredible for your digestive system and also they cleanse your liver. So I can't get mm-hmm. enough of this dandelion green salad from Erewhon and you could actually make it at home as well. I think I have it on one of my reels and on my website. Um, that would be like my lunch. It definitely is plant-based. I absolutely love Coco Yo yogurts, the vanilla one, you know, the, with the Same. probiotics, eight ounces of that jar is 200 billion probiotics. It's crazy. Wow. So I love that. I would also sometimes put that colostrum in the yogurt. Oh. Um, I do add collagen powder to my water and things like that to get enough protein throughout the day. And mm-hmm. at dinner, I will have animal protein. So I'll have clean salmon or sometimes every once in a while I'll have lamb or chicken, um, lots of fish. I'm very much more of a pescatarian when it comes to that. Um, and I would say then I have fruit for dinner. I mean, not terribly exciting, but lots of vegetables. I would say half the plate is vegetables at dinner. I eat small portions of animal protein. So they're like four ounces. Um, and I always have a salad at dinner as, as well. So I just try to get the leafy greens in there and the vegetables. And, um, and then at lunch, there is usually tons of vegetables and lettuce and things. So, and tons of water throughout the day would be like 
the perfect day. There are definitely some bad days too. Of course. And I, if you're not watching this video, I'm always like, Alyssa's face is glowing. Like it's incredible, her skin, everything. So you're doing something right with all the plant-based and getting the right nutrients in your system. So it's good to hear. And one thing you mentioned about intermittent fasting that I just want to like underscore, you said for you, it feels good. I know that doesn't feel good for everybody. You know, women in the reproductive years, like for me, it's tough not to eat in the mornings, but I love how you said, it feels good for you. You feel like you're more creative. You feel like your digestive tract is a little bit lighter. Um, so I just want to yeah. say that because I know it's so different for so many people. And a lot of people ask about intermittent fasting. Well, I think if you have adrenal fatigue, it's not good. If you have adrenal mm. fatigue, if you have blood sugar issues, not good. And we have a lot of people out there with adrenal fatigue and blood issues. Mm. And I do have a little adrenal fatigue because I get I'm a type A and I'm an Aries. I'm like, yeah, let's get going. You know, like I move fast. So I'm sure I burn out my adrenals. So that's why I say sometimes it's good for me, those that intermittent fasting, just because of the creativity, but sometimes it like can really drain me too. And I'm curious, what is your like daily stress management ritual? If you have one, like yeah. you've done all this work, but how are you maintaining it in your day-to-day -day life? So I would say, I mean, the sleep is huge. Like yeah. I am very religious about, you know, getting that eight plus hours. Um, I love the aura ring so I can measure my sleep. I love the eight sleep mattress too, because that's been amazing. Um, it's made my deep sleep in my REM better. So I do feel better um, with my stress levels. I also love I, all these devices, the Apollo, which mm -hmm. actually helps with your heart rate variability. You know, it's a, have you heard of the Apollo? It's I a, haven't. No. You haven't? Well, no, I am I shocked. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a band you wear and it's, um, uh, it's an app on your phone. And when you want to de-stress, it sends some signals to your, it, to your wrist or to your ankle or wherever you wear it. It's like a vibration and it wow. calms down your central nervous system. Or if you want to like kind of rev yourself up and get yourself more engaged, it will do that too. So it's called the Apollo, which is pretty cool. Um, I love meditation, even just five to 10 minutes. I work with a hypnotist meditation person that is exceptional. She just finished this course, seven day course of how to um, operate in the world as a highly sensitive person. And I am didn't want to admit I am massively sensitive because yeah. you walk into a room and you feel people's energy, yeah. you know, like we, I think there's a lot of us these days that are really highly sensitive and like, we just get affected by things so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I have to really protect my energy like crazy, you know, when I'm mm -hmm. out in public or out in the world or even with my calls. And so basically I have to really like cut energy cords constantly with people um, mm -hmm. even though I love them, but just don't yeah. want to take on their energy. And then yoga is a lifesaver, mm -hmm. just calming, getting me, getting me back into my body. Yeah. I, I love how you're just saying like cutting the energy. I feel that way. And it wasn't until I actually, I mean, this can be a whole nother podcast, but I also <laughs> did a plant medicine journey with Drew and our in-laws and a family. It was a whole affair. Yeah. Which is fun. We should do a, a podcast oh, on that. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you should. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. Everyone had such a different experience, but the biggest takeaway I took from that, you know, also the retreat was like three days of not being on your phone, even before any plant medicine. So right. it was just a good time. I've never done that in my life to just be with myself. And I realized just how much I'm affected by energy. And it doesn't mean that like, 
and I, maybe it is because I'm also a highly sensitive person. And I just realized, man, I feel everyone's energy more than people. And every time I do a podcast or I go to an event or I throw an event, like as much as I love it, I definitely have to come back and just like re refuel myself and be very protective of like the people I'm around because it definitely can impact me more so. And I think just that experience um, that I had gone through in that like mini retreat was very eye opening. So I just love how you are incorporating that because it's really important. And I think a lot of people don't realize like how much energy is kind of going away with certain people. Like I kind of thought it was in my yeah. head. I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, it's in my head. It's me. But then after that experience and talking to more people, I'm like, no, I'm going to be protective and it's how I feel. And it's really amazing. Um, so can, I just, I love hearing that. That can be life changing for people, you know, cause I think we were brought up also like, you're so sensitive. You shouldn't act that way. You shouldn't respond that mm -hmm. way. Oh, it, it wasn't such a big deal or whatever, you know, your feeling was and it wasn't validated. And yes, I mean, all of us, you know, that's a, that's a cool thing to be sensitive and to be compassionate and to want mm. to help others. But then you do tend to like, when you're in that space, take on that energy and you want people to feel good and to be happy. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to take on. So, and then you just drain, everything goes out of you. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing left for you. And then again, we're back to like what we were talking about in the mm -hmm. beginning of the podcast, that lack of self-love, it's not the lack of self-love. It's just the lack of like, energy and you know just vitality for yourself mm. and that Absolutely. that's not okay either yeah if anybody is into astrology who's listening to this there's an app called the pattern which we use in our family it's amazing it's very cool really and i'm it's it's yeah. so awesome it's so on point um the pattern is the name and i'm giggling to myself <laughs> because every single one of my patterns it gives you about like five patterns that are your core every single one of mine are sensitive, but adaptable, sensitive, but something <laughs> sensitive, but this sensitive to that. And I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm just a sensitive person. Like I just have to put up with that. Great. Thanks. Um, but yeah, Love, yeah, it's such an important conversation, just moving in the world as a sensitive person and how it can reframe that to be, actually, it can be a good thing. Um, yeah, it can be a superpower, I think, in the end of the day. It could be your mm -hmm. superpower. And it also could be your, you know, just whatever you want to get out of life, if it's intimacy with friendships or, you know, whatever it is with your job. I mean, like, I think like that um, feeling of being sensitive and knowing how to read a room or knowing, mm -hmm. you know, what is needed next for people or even your, even your kids, that's a pretty powerful thing. A hundred percent. Yes. Well, what a lovely conversation. I feel inspired to eat more veggies. Same. I feel inspired to do more energy work. Same. Um, yeah. Lots you guys are going to have to report back to me how many vegetables you had for, on Friday. Oh my God. Totally. Yes. totally. <laughs> I need the accountability. That's good. good. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Thank you so much for joining us. This was such a great conversation and we super appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always honored to be asked. So, and I just love Yasmin. So thank you very thank much, you. Yasmin, for thinking of me of course thank you so much Alyssa thank you so much for listening to this episode of behind her empire if you enjoyed this conversation it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire 
To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.